This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Hello, it is the Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you. Coming to you after, obviously, just a a gut-wrenching loss, a soul crush. Like, of course, of course, the moment we finally believe in this team again, the moment we finally get excited, the moment we finally feel like, oh, man, they figured something out. They don't run the ball. Jalen Hurts has his worst game as an Eagle. Nick Sirianni goes back to being Nick Sirianni. And here we are, Elliot, after a loss to the freaking Giants. The earmuffs. One, two, three. The fuck out of here, Giants. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I look. That game was not was not fun to watch. You know, we uh we were texting during the, the initial part of the game. And you could tell right away how this was going, like right away, like within the first minutes. Like, I didn't think they would. I actually, till the end, thought they had a chance to win that game just because the Giants are so bad. But in the initial first few minutes, you could really tell where it was heading. It was going to be an ugly game. Jalen Hurts, we learn more and more about him uh, the more we watch him play. He's definitely a quarterback where you can tell pretty much right away, like either he has it or he doesn't. And yet and yesterday reminded me of the loss to the uh, the Cowboys where you could tell right away like he didn't have it and you know when I when I think about like who's to blame for the loss and well I'm sure we'll talk about you know obviously Sirianni hurts Rager clearly but like where I ultimately fall down on it is I don't think 
for me at least, this is like a panic loss. I think it just you you said it repeatedly. There was gonna be a game they lost they lost that we weren't expecting, right? Neither of us thought it would be against the Giants because the Giants are so bad, and the Giants are bad. Like they the Giants did not play well yesterday. No, the right? Eagles like, lost the, Giants, the game way more than the Giants won the game. Correct. Like the Giants tried time and time again to hand that game to the Eagles, and the Eagles just didn't take it, right? Like they met, literally dropped it, right? So they like I, I'm not ready to sit here and be like. All the progress from the last month didn't mean anything. I still don't, like, I'm not out on Sirianni. I'm not out on Hertz. Hertz had a really bad game. Sirianni had a, a bad start to the game and certainly made some, you know, larger, you know, drink macro, you know, mistakes in terms of game planning. But, like, it just was one of those games. You could tell right away it was one of those games. Hertz said it, yes, afterwards, and I thought it was, like, a pretty honest response. He said, like, it was just one of those days. And... I think there's a lot of truth to that. Like, it's not the exciting take. It's not like the, you know, roller coaster Monday overreaction, which I love to do take. But it's just, I think that's the correct take. Like, it was just, it was one of those days. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I, I'm not like, um, you know, panic mode or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed that I actually bought back in, especially. And and this is what we talked about on Saturday. You know, in the the WIP show where like. I, I felt like they were going to beat the Giants. I felt confident in it. But a part of me just wasn't willing to say, all right, like, I trust this team. And that was a perfect example of why. To your point, like, they just didn't show up yesterday. It was one of those games, and we'll get into all of it. Cut Jalen Rager today. Sorry, just had to get that out there. God, I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Sports hate. Well, yeah, we'll sports get into hate. that. that sports hate, not personal that. hate. Sports hate. I hate Jalen Rager as a football player. I never, ever, 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 ever want to see him in an Eagles uniform again. I know I'm going to have to, but if it were up to me, I would literally cut him. He is useless. He is a waste of playing space. He does not deserve a snap. Not one. He doesn't deserve a punt return snap. He doesn't deserve a receiver snap. I'd rather have J.J. Ortega Whiteside going for the ball out there like this guy stinks to high heaven. What a disastrous disastrous all-time bad honestly like that alone feels like a fireable offense taking Rager over Justin Jefferson it feels like uh, legitimately maybe the worst draft pick in the history of the franchise considering who went next at the same position just an all-time horrible so horrible let's pick let's talk about Rager now sure you know, and, and, sure we, because we he stinks we, he stinks that guy stinks like I, I am so floored with how embarrassingly bad this guy is. And look, I, it's not his fault. He just stinks. It's not his fault. He shouldn't have been taken the first round. He shouldn't have been taken the first three rounds. Like, he is just not dynamic. He doesn't catch the freaking football. He is weak-minded. Like, he stinks. All right, so... I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. And let me just to start with saying, like, I agree with 98% of everything you just said. Like, Rager, it's it's unfortunate for him. Like, and I feel bad. So my initial reaction when he dropped those that, that pass was at the end of the game was I just felt bad for him. Like, and I don't know if that's because I'm getting older, like what, but like, I was just like, God, man, like, that's got to suck for him. Because like, <laughs> this is why with the Rager thing, like the anger you feel about it, I agree that the situation deserves anger for sure, right? And like he can definitely be annoying on Twitter. But to me, like the anger belongs at Howie and not Jalen. Like what Nick what Nick Sirianni says a lot, and I think there's a lot of truth to it, is like Rager doesn't want to drop the ball. Like it, Rager didn't ask to be selected before Justin Jefferson. Like, yes, it's benefited for him, right? He's he's got a first round contract. Like 
I believe Rager is trying out there at times, although I do think there are snaps where it looks like he's jogging on routes, and I think you saw that yesterday against the Giants too. But, like, ultimately, the the venom's strong because, as you said, like, you don't actually have a personal issue with Rager. This is like a sports thing, right? Yeah, I, hate but, like, the, I hate him as a football, but I'm allowed to hate him. Exactly. I right. hate him. I hate that and, he's on and, the team. And, I hate that he was drafted. I hate it. Yes, uh, it, yes. And, like, he has not shown – the ability, like he's not shown anything in my opinion to warrant snaps. Like now he did have a good training camp, but again, like it's now week 11 or 12. I like, mean, that, that yeah, it, of course it does. The, the best play in the history of his career is a one-handed catch in training camp. Like, come on. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. No, he, I agree. But, but where, where my, where my finger, I point the blame at is like way more at Howie because he made the pick. Of it course. Was a bad pick, of right? course. Of and, course. And, but the other issue they have is like, they don't have anybody to put in over them. Like, I, I guess I'd play J.J., I guess. But, like, J.J. dropped a very similar pass against the Lions a few years ago. You know, so, like, who are you going to put in there? Like, John Hightower. So, I, I think, yes, I would sit Aguilar. Wow, what a talk about. Hey I, I would I would sit Reger for a game, much like they did Aguilar in 2016. Like, I do think there'd be benefits to sitting him. But... You know, and this is similar to the Gannon thing. Like, they have nobody behind him that you could put in there. So, like, that falls on Howie. The fact, and it, I said it repeatedly during the offseason, they needed to sign a veteran receiver. Like, they needed somebody else besides one of the young guys because of exact moments like this where Rager doesn't take the step forward, where they need somebody to step in an emergency situation. Like, this is why they needed a veteran. So, yes, Rager has shown no flashes. He Like, he's he's... A bust, like he is. He's a flat-out bust at this point, right? But ultimately, like, man, it, it, it's such a bad look for Howie. Because, like, it's just a, such a bad look for him in so many ways. But his mismanagement of the receiver position is, like, really costing this team. And what makes it worse is it's a miss – like, the linebacker position, at least they're not investing anything in it. But, like, the receiver position, they've invested a ton into it, a ton of money, a ton of high picks, trades, all those things. And all they're left with is Devontae Smith and, and like, kind of Quez Watkins. Like, that's it. That's all they have after all these investments. And that directly falls on Howie. Yeah. I, well, obviously, you know I'm, I'm not going to fight you on that one. I, I said it before. Right. I think it's, like, obviously you don't fire a general manager because of one move. But if there were one move that deserved to get fired for, it's drafting Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. And, look, I get it. Like, I'm not— as I said, I, I sports hate Justin Jefferson. I, I have no opinions on him as a person, I whatever. But it also comes with the territory. You're a first-round pick. You get paid a lot of money. Like, yeah. sorry, pal. Like, you suck, and we're going to tell you you suck. Like, that's the way this thing works, especially with his attitude. Now he's been, like, you know, I was kind of been bristly on social media and all that type of stuff. It doesn't take a ton of accountability for his issues and all that type of stuff. So that's going to grind us too. But just on a basic level, he sucks. He sucks as a player. He, every snap he gets is a wasted snap. It's not going to develop him. He's not going to turn in any, anything. He's a bust. Like you said, his career is over. Like Jalen Rager will never be anything in this league ever. Well, Honestly, J.J. Think- Ortega Whiteside has a higher upside because at least the guy can play special teams and block. Well, and I think what's concerning about Rager is when Aguilar was struggling, like it was drops, right? And clearly Rager had to drop. And also Aguilar had had success before that. Like Aguilar at least had flashed in the NFL. Well, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like Aguilar, even as a rookie, when he was really struggling and then because his rookie year was 2015, then 20, like, so 2017, he like finally picked it up. But even the first two years, Aguilar 
was always a very good route runner, right? Like he he was, and I, I'm sure Rager's a hard worker too. But like Aguilar was a great route runner. He just he just had drop issues, right? And I remember when I first started covering uh, the Eagles as an intern, like this must have been like 2010, 2011. I was working for G Cobb, Gary Cobb of WIP, and then obviously GCobb.com. And he said to me, he was like, to make it in the NFL, you have to be really good at one thing. Like, there has to be one thing you do at an elite level. You brought up JJ. JJ is a great special teams player. He's a good blocker. Like, that'll keep him in the league. Now, he'll always be a fifth or sixth receiver, but that'll keep him in the league. Aguilar, elite route runner. That keeps him in the league, and it got him paid, right? Because he, he improved on the drops. The thing with Rager is... There is nothing he does right now at an elite level, like nothing. And and Sirianni said it like he's explosive. We have to try to get him the ball. He's not explosive, like he's not. And and I understand that Sirianni is not going to rip him at the podium, just like no head coach would, right? But like there is nothing at this point Rager does where you go, okay, we can build upon that. Like at least JJ's tall, has size, and all that. Rager's undersized. He's not physical. He's not elusive after the catch. He doesn't create separation. He's not a good route runner. And honestly, drops weren't an issue for him really until yesterday. But now those two drops were two of the worst drops I've ever seen covering the <laughs> Eagles. Like the Alshon drop was really bad considering the moment, clearly. But like, dude, the second one and really the first one. Yeah, I, I know people both. think some people they're both terrible. Like yeah. they're both terrible drops. So that that's Rager's problem is like he doesn't have anything to lean on in, in a moment where he needs an elite skill to lean on. He does not have one. And and it's obviously a major problem. Yeah. And it's evident. I mean, just watching the guy, like obviously he doesn't get open. The drops were huge, but I mean, even on punt returns, you can see it. Like, like yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't exactly. have a first step. Like he takes that first step and you, you, any punt return in the league, like all these like little guys, the teams just find and throw out there. Like they can blow by someone with a first step. They can make a move and get by someone. Like, Every bleeping time he makes a move and he gets caught. Like, it is, there is just nothing dynamic about him. Like, that's what he was drafted to be, right? A dynamic weapon with, with athleticism and speed, and you do things with him. He can't do anything. He is not dynamic. Well, he's not fast. He's not athletic. He's not quick. Like, he's none of it. And this is what, and people got mad at me about this, more so amongst my friend group. I don't tweet about it often, but like I've always said that I thought the punt return against Green Bay was not impressive. Like the, the blocking on that was amazing. He didn't look fast to me on that return. Like again, you know, credit to him, he had he returned it. But like to your point, like if you're ever going to show any explosiveness, it would be on a punt return. Like, you know, that that's where that's why you're back there. So like it, yeah, but this is also to a certain extent like nothing we didn't know. You know, like I, like he should have made those catches. They were wide open. The first one was a great throw by Hertz. The second one, good throw by Hertz, like good finding him and all that. We can talk about that play on a larger scale. But like you got to make those catches. Like they're easy catches to make. They're easy catches. The Eagles win the game if he makes the catch. I still think there's red flag. Like there's still it's not an impressive. It's an win. ugly it's win, like no matter. Yeah, win. exactly. Yeah. But but it's a win, and it's a win where we talk about it and go. You know what? They won when they didn't play well. That's a special play where you know it maybe something special is happening here. Like all those things, and we talk often about how quickly things change in the NFL and all that. Like and how much of it's kind of luck. Like Rager drops that pass, and now it's way different. And it didn't come down. It's not his fault they lost the game. I think Hertz deserves more blames, all those things. But, like, Rager had a chance to save the day. That's why you draft somebody in the first round to make make a play there. It's not even a first-round play. Like, it's an easy play. But that's what, that's where you want your players to step up, and he didn't do it. And, yeah, it, it was it was brutal. It was just absolutely brutal. Still feel bad for him. I don't know. But, like, it was just brutal. Yeah.
I struggle to feel bad. I get it. You know, holistically, I feel bad for anyone in that situation. But, man, it's tough. Um, All right, let's get to Hertz because we've mentioned him a lot. But um, And, and again, I I do think, to your point you just made and just in a a general sense, you know, look, it is – I think we should have expected this type of game to happen. You know, that's kind of where I was going, but I couldn't get myself there with the the show on Saturday and stuff where it's like – you know, we, we shouldn't have expected this Eagles team that is not great. You know, at best, they were a, a decent team we were hoping that could maybe, you know, do one thing really well and ride it into the playoffs. But they're not. You know, they are a, a, a mediocre to, to below average team that is getting better over the course of the season. But we should have expected a, a letdown game like that, a bad performance like that. And yet, like, to your point, if they had found a way to pull it out at the end, it's a very different perspective on it. But they didn't. And, and the result is, you know, it's a big loss in the division in a game you should have had. And look, Hertz was horrible. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think probably the worst game Hertz has had as an Eagle. Uh, I think it was probably worse than the Dallas game. Certainly, the worst first half he's ever had. Really uncharacteristic first half. I mean, the the decision making was the worst we've yeah. ever seen from him. And the, obviously, you know, we all we all remember it. It was talked about, but the play at the end of the half about. I mean, just from a decision-making perspective, the the dumbest thing I think Jalen Hurts has ever yeah, done was, in the Eagles uniform, like it was crazy. Like it was like, what are you thinking? The entire play and and just a, a horrible first half, throwing the ball up for grabs. Like wasn't protective of the football the way he's been. Um, and look, he made a couple plays in the second half. The legs still special and and showed that and stuff. And they weathered the Kelsey injury and this and that, and still had a chance at the end. And if Reger makes some catches, you know, if, if Boston Scott doesn't fumble the ball, like we might be looking at this very differently and saying, you know, horrible game for Hertz, but they pulled it out. They didn't. Hertz was horrible. Um, what are your thoughts on the game from from Hertz and in general? So the interesting thing about Hertz performance, and we do this every, not just us, like everybody does it every week with Hertz is like, okay, is he the guy? Is he not? Yeah. And to me, yesterday's game, he was terrible. Like I I was debating this, like who deserves the most blame for the loss, like Sirianni or Hertz. I was leaning Hertz most of the game. I flipped a little to Sirianni, but like they're number one and one and one A, like they're right up there. And Hertz was absolutely terrible. Like the decision at the end of the first half, that's not something you see like a fourth string quarterback in a preseason game make, right? Like end of preseason games and halves are better than what that was. He has to know to throw that ball. You snap it with eight seconds. Like he made the mistake of a stake of rolling out of the pocket. And at that point it was done because like at that point the play was good. You were going to run the clock out and you had to try to do something with it. He should have the second, his first read was there. He should have just like either pegged it at the ground or whatever, like get, get the play over with. That's an inexcusable mistake for him. The interceptions, three interceptions, obviously not good. Like the Quez one, the one to Quez, maybe Quez stops there. Regardless, it's an interception. The one deep down the field, that was an ugly throw. The one to Boston Scott that we just talked about at the end of the half, a bit of a desperation. It did look like maybe the Giants defender pushed Scott, but like regardless, three interceptions is unacceptable. The reason I don't think it's a red flag game for me is it's not, it, you said the word, and I think it's perfect, like uncharacteristic. Like it was not a game where, where like the constant, where the problems that you do get concerned about Hurts with showed up. Like accuracy actually wasn't a ton, like a huge issue. There weren't like wide open throws that he had missed earlier in the year, like he did against San Francisco and he did against um, uh, the Chargers, right? Like the, there, there were those games where he's missing guys. This game, he just made bad decisions. And if there's one thing Hurts is good at, it's being smart with the football. So I think like his game was just one of those days. I don't think his poor performance negates how much improvement we've seen from him over the last month. Like 
So he's why they lost the game is probably where I ultimately land on it, but it's not a huge concern for me if that makes sense. I get they sound a bit counter, no, you know, counter look, to each I, other. I, but I, I think, and again, it's, it's of course, it's, it, we should have seen it coming when the Ian Rappaport report comes out before the game saying, oh, Jalen Hurts has played his way into the franchise QB. You know, like, oh, also, he keeps like, his going. They're not going to. a quick, quick tangent. Sure, sure, like, sure. That report was so funny to me. It's like, as sources explained to me, if Hertz is good, the Eagles can then use their picks. I know. It's like, like, duh. Like, in respect to Ian, he's one of the best reporters out there. But it's like, wh- why did you need that explained to you? Like, it's very obvious. Like, if Hertz plays well, then they don't have to draft a quarterback. Like, clearly. So I thought the report was a little silly. But it definitely was put out there by somebody. Like, somebody well, wanted course. it out there. Well, that's and of course, it's, it's ironic and hilarious that, of course, the day that report comes out, Hertz has a stinker. Like, we should have seen that coming. Yeah. And look, I, I come down to it very similarly as you in the sense that, look, he's 23 years old. He's still not played a full season in the NFL of games. You know, I, I it, he's going to have games like this still. And he, and he had one in a bad spot. It was cold. It was a, a divisional game, all this type of stuff. And, and he just played like crap. Like, he played like crap. Yeah. And I'm with you. I'm not going to condemn his career. It's so true, and it is what it is. But it's definitely been such a, you know— one game react this way and next game react that way. And it's like, you, you can't decide whether a guy is a franchise quarterback or not based on one performance or two performances or whatever. So like, I'm not going to condemn Hertz for, for a bad performance yesterday and say, he's clearly not the guy, but it was definitely a bad performance. It was like you said, uncharacteristic of, of him in terms of the decision-making, but we definitely saw some, some ugly throws, some, some, you know, the things that people are concerned about, some, some poor decisions. Yeah, he's why they lost the game. Yeah. Ultimately, he is why they lost the game is where I come down. I, on that. I, I, um, I, I think it's a, a con- I mean, like we'll get to Sirianni. I think there are multiple reasons. And again, if Jalen Rager catches one of two footballs, they, they probably win the game. Yeah. So, Hertz is a hero. Yeah. We're talking about him. So, like, so I do a report card after the game and after the Carolina game, I gave him an A cause I'm like, look, Ultimately, he struggled, but he won him the game. They won the game at the end. And I wouldn't give him an A yesterday, but like, you know me, I'm a big quarterback wins guy. Like, if he would have pulled that off yesterday, we're talking about him a lot differently. And I think it's a positive for him, but, but, you know, he, he didn't. And to what you said about his legs, I think that's important to bring up because that is what separates him from other quarterbacks. Because if, a, if another, if a non mobile quarterback is having the day that he had yesterday, like things look even worse. And they only scored seven points. So it's not like it could have been much worse. But at least, at least when he's struggling throwing the ball, he does, he can lean on his legs and be an effective player that way. Like that matters a lot when we talk about his deficiencies as a passer. The fact that he has something else to go to when he's not work, when that's not working does really help. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And he, again, he's eluded it and made some huge plays there and all that. But again, ultimately on a basic level, he didn't play well. They lost and he was a big reason why they lost. And, and he has to shoulder yeah. that. He has to take the blame for that, especially a game that, you know, again, it's, it's, we should, like I said at the top, we should have expected this team to not, you know, just be a juggernaut all of a sudden and start winning games and roll and all that. But it's still, you know, those are the games you want to see him win. Those are the games you want to see him early in his career. If he's trying to to grab this this job and run with it, literally and figuratively, you, know, you want to see him yeah. win those games, find ways to pull him out. And his guys didn't help him out, but you know he put himself in a hole as well. And that was a very winnable I, game. You know the the Giants stink. The Giants are so yeah, bad. Yes, like agreed. they did not win that game. The Eagles lost it, and I think that's why it's so frustrating. Two. I have a question for you quickly. The Giants, like, I still believe the Eagles are far ahead of the Giants in the rebuild. I would much rather have the Eagles situation. I know they lost yesterday, but the Giants are a legit dumpster fire. 
Here's my question for you. There's been each week when they've ran the ball a ton, the thing has been, okay, when they, you know, one of these days Hertz is going to have to throw them for a win. Can he do it? Can he do it? I don't really think yesterday, yesterday qualified as that because they did it over 200 yards rushing the ball and the running game did work. But like, would you say yesterday qualified as a, they needed Hertz to do it and he couldn't do it game to me? I don't really think so, but I could see why it would. Just curious what you think. Ah, I don't think so uh, for that. I mean, again, like, uh, you know, Hertz made throws that could have won them the game, you know, um, at right. basic level. And, and look, I mean, not just the, the throws. I mean, yeah. the, the oh, I mean, look, they had two touchdowns taken off the board. Again, the Nate Herbig penalties were absolutely massive, especially on the Boston Scott run. Uh, I mean, Greg Ward drops a touchdown pass. I mean, we haven't even talked to that about yep. that, but that was a perfect throw. A, I mean, you have to catch that. You're Greg Ward. You get on the yeah, field 100%. for for five offensive snaps a game, and you can't catch that ball. I mean, a disaster. I mean, that's a disaster. And another spot where where ninety percent of veteran receivers in the NFL make that play. Just uh, it, and another bad thing for Howie there. Yeah, like, I like Greg Ward, but that's know, another but. bad one. I agree. Uh, it was a bad day for Howie. I, I'm really with you on that. But again, I, look, I think you know, I, I think that's why it's so hard with Hurts. It's that yes, I think he gets blamed for this. I think he needed to play better, and he didn't. He needed to make some more plays when he could have. But ultimately, you can point to like five or six or seven other things where if that one person had helped out in that one spot, or Boston Scott hadn't have fumbled the ball, or, or that you know, so many things where you're like, well, that wasn't Jalen Hurts' fault, and they could have won the game because of it. In the Scott fumble. Look, the regular drops are going to get more headlines, and they should. Like, they were in bigger spots in a way. But, like, the Scott fumble, man, like, that puts them in such a tough spot. If he doesn't fumble that ball, they're in Giants territory, well over a minute to play, and they have three – actually, it might have been over two minutes. But regardless, they have all three timeouts, right? So – but now they have to punt, right? They burn all three timeouts. They get the ball back. So, like, that Scott fumble was huge. Like, absolutely. Like, Rager, people are more mad at him, all that stuff. But, like, that fumble was was very costly. If Miles Sanders fumbles that, I think it's a much bigger story today. I agree. Because he's a bigger name and all that stuff. But, like, that Scott fumble was massive. It was massive. All right. Uh, obviously, we'll get to more stuff as the week goes on. We'll record pods. We'll, we'll kind of span out. But let, let's get to Sirianni um, as we haven't talked about him yet. And... Look, I, you know, I don't think it was a uh, as bad a day for Sirianni as Hurts, but, you know, I think you have to, to to rip Nick, too. I mean, again, to come out for that game, and eventually they got there, and eventually they ran all over the Giants, but it's you can very easily say if they had just come out with the game plan they had in the second half and the first half, they win the game. They're not in the hole. It's not an issue because they run all over the Giants. Like, I just, it made no sense whatsoever after all we talk about the whole week. Oh, they finally found an identity. Best running team in football. If you could do one thing well, you can win against all these mediocre teams. And then you don't do it. And then you come out and you're like, let's throw the ball to win. Like, just a, a mystifying mystifying move from a game planning scheming perspective coming into this game and again he eventually got there and eventually they ran the ball well and they almost won the game because of it but he put them in a hole like he he again as bad as Jalen played and he deserves it the game plan given to Jalen for this game sucked ass too Elliot so I'm like 65 to 70 maybe a little higher percent there with you on that one like I agree. So one thing I've really given Sirianni credit for is the fact that they, they the last few weeks, were bringing it to opposing defenses as opposed to, like, reacting to what they do, right? Like, if you come out and run it against the Saints and the Broncos, you should come out running it against the Giants. So, like, I agree with you. Now, I went back and I looked because watching it live, 
I think we texted about this. Like, it did look like he was getting pass happy. Like, before you look at, like, the numbers and the situations and all that, like, it felt like he was getting pass happy and they were passing it more than they should have. So I agree with you, right, on a larger scale. I went back and I looked in, like, the first drive. So he runs at the first play of the game. They lose a yard. Then you're in second and 11. Like, maybe you run it there. But he didn't. They have an incomplete. And so now you're in third and 11 and you have to throw it, right? And the loss on first down is noteworthy to me because one thing this team has done a good job of is not falling behind the sticks, right? Like, they've not been in a lot of situations where, like, exactly like that one, where it's first and 12 or first and 11 or whatever, and then you're in a tougher spot. The second and third drive to me is where he really got out of control. The second drive, he runs it in the first two plays. I think they get, like, seven, seven yards or something like that. He then passes it. He proceeds to pass it nine out of the next ten plays, including the third drive where he passed it on every play and they went three and out. So, like, he got pass happy on the second and third drive. Fourth drive, he goes and they start running the ball, as you said. So I think he deserves blame for the fact that early on in the first few drives, he was too pass happy. And the reason it's a larger problem than it would have been if he did it in, like, the sixth or seventh drive is because that speaks to, like, what he wanted to do coming into the game to a certain extent, right? And I don't see why you would come in wanting to pass the ball. The only thing I would fight back on, and I don't even know if you would even disagree with this, is like Sirianni has to be allowed to call passing plays. Like I understand they're a better running team than they are a passing team, and he should have gone with that. But ultimately, they cannot run the ball 90% of the snaps. Like Jalen Hurts in the passing game, and that falls on the receivers too, have to be able to to move the ball through the air. Like they don't have to do it on 40 throws a game because they've shown the Eagles can run the ball. But it you know like ultimately Sirianni has to be able to trust his passing game to a certain extent. And that's why I can't kill him too much for being too run run heavy because he's shown he's willing to run the ball. But like ultimately if he if he says to himself like this is a passing down and this play should work against this coverage then, like, the pa- the passing game has to be able to execute, but too. I, so- I get that, but at the same time, like, evidence is there, man. Like, this is a running team. This is what you do best. This is what Hurts does best. Like, you got to run the ball. Like, I know what you're saying. I, I, I know agree, what you're yeah. saying, but, like, he came out and threw the ball more. Like, it wasn't just situational. It wasn't whatever. It was the game plan was we're coming to this game because we think we can throw on the Giants. That was dumb. Clearly, you can run on the Giants. You can run on anyone. Your game plan should never be, we're going to come in and throw the ball. Like, you can't do that with this team. You have to play, again, back to the whole, like, Nick Sirianni thing from the beginning. Play to the abilities of your players. This team is a running team. Like, flat out, it is what it is. A Baltimore Ravens-style offense. Like, that's what this offense has to do. And that should be your game plan every single week, particularly against the 26th or 27th you know, run defense like they were. And it clearly showed you could run on them. Like, now, there's no excuses for Nick on this one. It was a, a bad decision. I agree with your general point of, like, yeah, the passing game's got to be better. It does. But it's not. And that's on the head coach to know that. And he should have come into the game knowing that. Well, in, yes. And that's why I mostly agree with you. But, like, what— you know, the Giants also knew that, right? And I haven't had a chance to rewatch a game, but I'd imagine they stacked the box quite a bit. Like, now the other perfect example, I think, of like where it's on Sirianni for sure, but it also speaks to the fact that this also falls on like the quarterback in the passing game is I think it was the start of the third quarter. I'm almost positive it was actually. They were facing a third and two and then a fourth and two. Yeah, they should have. The, unbelievable they didn't run on either of those, particularly on third. If you're going to go for it on fourth, run on third. What are you doing? Agreed. Yep. I, I, I thought it was bad, bad decision-making by Nick Sirianni. Like, you're a strong running team. 
You should run the ball there, especially on third, like you said. If not third, like, dude, it one of the plays that, like, almost no defense has shown they can stop is just Hurts running to the sideline. Like, he might not get seven or eight yards, but he pretty consistently gets, like, two or three, right? So I, I think that it was it was bad play calling. But then also, like, if your passing game has two plays to get two yards, I know they're not a good passing team. Any passing team in the NFL should be able to get two play two yards on two plays, right? So so that's where at the same time where it does fall on Sirianni. And look, he also deserves blame for the fact that they came out flat. Like that falls on him too. If we're gonna give him credit for the fact that they they like rebounded from the Raiders loss and all that, then he deserves blame when they come out come out flat. And that's on him too. But like Hertz played so poorly that I I can't like completely, completely kill Sirianni because it, it, like they, you have to have some semblance of a passing game. Like yeah, even but at least I get in, it. But again, even you, in these games, but you know what your right. team is. You know what your team is, and especially when Jalen comes out bad, then you should adjust even quicker. Like I know your point. I like macro drink. I agree with you. Like yes, the passing game has to be better. You have to be able to rely on them to make those plays. But you got to know your personnel. You got to know your team. Like they can't. Sorry, they're not good at it. Like run the. F- freaking ball like that's it like I, yeah, you know no, I, you gotta I, come I in and, look, and especially with this offensive line this team you gotta come into every game saying we're running the ball stop us and if they stop you that's when you adjust and that's when you go to another thing but you you do what you do best until someone stops you because guess what no one stopped you yet yeah i mean and they look they did have they did have over 200 yards so so ultimately exactly. they, they could the have way successful. more like run the ball from the beginning that's what makes it so mystifying and that's why it's such a missed opportunity because it feels like and again i know this is anecdotal but it feels like if they had come out with the game plan they had for the the you know essentially the last three quarters or you know the last two and a half quarters of the game from the beginning they win the game yeah, I think that, like I said, I think the second and third drive, and those are early on like game plan type drives. I agree, he was too pass happy, hundred percent. I, I agree with you on that. That's really it. I mean, like I, I still think Kurt's playing. <laughs> I get no, it. I Look again. I, I think they're like, separate I things. Think I think they're separate things. I understand your point. Like they need to be better in the passing game. He needs to be able to call plays when he needs play passing plays. I agree. I agree. But he didn't need him early. Like he didn't, he came out with the wrong right. plan. So, but I agree. Yeah. I think they're separate points. All right, let's get to a, a couple quick things before we get out of here. Um, and we'll get again to more as the week goes on. Um, where the hell was Dallas Goddard? Was he even playing yesterday? Was he on the roster? Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. Like I actually put a, I, again, I'm torn on who to put more blame on. Like, Rager getting seven targets, I think, is just fluky. Like Sirianni said after the game, and then he doubled down on it with Angelo on Monday morning, that like those drops that Rager had were not plays called for Rager. Like the Eagles don't call plays for Rager. Like they'll do a screen every once in a while, but they game plan for Smith and Goddard. Like that's who they game plan for. So my question is like the fact that they only had, I think it was five combined targets, or maybe it was five or six, like they had less than Rager did. Do you put that on Hertz for just not throwing them the ball, or do you put that on Sirianni? I think it's probably both. I know that you know everyone's talked about on how Smith was open on that last play, and it looks like he was. Um, it doesn't excuse the regular drop, but it, you know he could have gone that way with it. And Smith seemed frustrated with what was happening out there, and I don't blame him. And look, I I think it's on both of them. I think you you force the ball into their hands. So I think Sirianni should have called specific plays where they literally force the ball into those guys' hands more. Probably yes. And I also think Hertz probably didn't find him on spots where he should have. But I think when it's that drastic, when it's you know that many, I think you got to blame the coaching staff more than the quarterback because the idea being that that were they never open the entire game, you know right. like. 
like whereas you know schemes and plays get them get the ball in their hands you know run a little crossing route for Goddard you run that little you know uh, uh, out route that that keeps keeps having success like do do something where you just get them some easy catches get them involved in the game whatever I'm sure the Giants were planning to take them out of the game obviously but even still like yeah I think you got to find ways to force them the ball they're you're you're not just two best playmakers they're you're like only two playmakers in the passing game and they're both really good it's not just that they're both it's not just that they're your best two options. They are. They would be two of the top options on most teams. Like they, are, they are good players. So you have to try to get them the ball. What's funny about the Smith reaction is, on one hand, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like you can't really show your quarterback up like that. I understand you're frustrated, but like running around, throwing your helmet, like you know, not a good look. On the other hand, I'm like, well, if we ever needed any proof, Devontae's a number one wide receiver. <laughs> like there it is. Like that is like a you know diva type move where it's like that's the attitude those receivers have so you know i'm kind of kidding but i do think like you know he showed like he's got that in him and i i wouldn't have done it but that's why i'm not number one receiver in the nfl you're damn right buddy um reason, really defense you know not not much to say i thought on the whole you know defense was was pretty good you know i think uh yeah you know obviously know. there's some yeah. issues you can point to and um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a perfect outing, but I thought the defense for the most part held up well and you know, uh blitzed couple blitzes caught them, this and that, but I thought for the most part, you know, scheme talent perspective, defense played well enough to win. I mean, it's the it's a bad they're playing a bad offense, so you know, I do think that that factors in, but they only gave up 13 points like yeah, I thought it was a very good day. Uh they're up to 15th in the league in points, you know, allowed, so you know, I, I, yeah, I, I don't want to overlook it because had they had a bad game, we would have ripped them playing that offense. And so they they did. They did exactly what they needed to do. The defense played more than well enough to win the game. And I think they they definitely deserve credit for that. Yeah. Uh, Jason Kelsey, a warrior. Couldn't believe he got back out there. And obviously they need him after Driscoll got hurt. We'll have to see with the Driscoll injury. It wasn't a great day from an injury perspective. A lot of guys dinged up and whatnot. We'll see what carries over. Um. I mean, I think dude, that Nate Herbig too. Like, come on, just man. brutal. Like, like no what are you doing, dude? Yeah. I mean, the Boston's got touchdown. I mean, again, that's a game-changing penalty right there. It really was. Both were, both were, but particularly on the uh, the touchdown as as the way that played out. Obviously, um, I think that's all I got. Obviously, we'll get more into to stuff. Other, you got anything else you want to get into before we get out of here? Yeah, I would say that you know, and I've been banging this drum, so maybe it it starts to ring hollow. But like, they're only a half game out of the playoffs. You you know, like. I don't think realistically we any either of us thought they would actually win the remaining six games on their schedule. So, like, they play the Jets next. I think that's obviously a winnable game. They win that game, and then the Washington games be- become huge. But, like, I don't think I don't think yesterday should, like, erase the talks of playoffs or anything like that. I, I still think this is a team that it's still true. They can still do one thing really well, and you've said this. Like, they can still run the ball really well. They still have an easy schedule. It was a disappointing loss, but I thought because of the way they lost it, it was not like a huge red flag. And I still think there's a, a good chance they make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think there's – I mean, I know there's a chance they're only half game out. I don't think they're making the playoffs. I think yesterday was a reminder of what we talked about going in, in the sense that, yeah, they, they still do one thing well. They could beat some teams, but they're going to have games like this. They're just not a, a consistent good team. Like, What percentage just not, would you put out? I'm just curious. To make the playoffs? Yeah. I don't know. 15%? Okay. See, I'm at like 40. Oh yeah. I'm so I'm not over there. 50, but I'm I'm higher. Yeah. yeah. I, I again, cuz like what like to make the playoffs, they have to win 
essentially like minimum they can only lose one more game and theoretically win out if you want to lock in a playoff spot. But it, but they have to at least only lose one more game if they're going to make the playoffs. Like, why would I believe that after what I saw yesterday? So are you? Do you? I mean, they won, they, like they, they won two the in a row, and we were like, oh, you know, they yeah, still. Well, yeah. I don't know. Well, like, this is my, you think they're going to win four yeah. out of five or whatever it is? No, I think there's less than a fifty percent chance they do it. But Cowboys Saints, who do you root for? Do you keep the division hope alive, or do you root? No, for the, the division's uh, over. The division is is. So you over, root for the Cowboys? Oh, you have to. You have to. And even okay. then, I don't think it'll matter because again, I I just I think I think they're going to miss the playoffs, but. Um, I don't think they're going to win out. You know, I don't think they're going to, I think they'll probably, you know, I think what do they have? So they are now uh, uh, five and seven. So they have uh, five games left. Like I think they probably go three and two down the stretch. I think, let's put it this way. I think they're they're more likely to go two and three down the stretch than they are to go four and two at this point. Yeah. I, I think it could go either way. Honestly, I'm a little more obviously on the side where. I think they could possibly do it, but you like I can't disagree with your logic. Like I don't think you're being like overly reactive or right. being a hate or anything. Like I, yeah, I think what you're saying makes sense. All right, well we'll be back um, uh, more this week. Uh, a bummer of a week, but let's hope. You know, look, Elliot's point is factually correct. They are still in it. They are still alive, and um, you know we'll see. Maybe they get a win on Sunday and and get some some excitement back in the city. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, that's it. I feel like I'll save my long final you know like all fun final thoughts for uh the midweek pod yeah. post game pods don't feel like fun no no, no certainly not that game uh all right we'll be back for a more fun pod later in the week get your reviews in we'll look at some reviews later in the week uh five star reviews only if you want to get your question answered on the pod and i uh, will answer any question you put in there and uh and you know it's a bummer of a day but you know to elliot's point this might not do it for me but i'll do it for everyone else Christmas season, Elliot. That's something to get excited about, right? Well, I did fall asleep to a Hallmark there you movie go. last night. So See? things are still going well. <laughs> okay. right. We'll be back later in the week. Ah, oh, what a bummer. He's Adam James. Talk to you guys soon.